0: Every so often in the readings we encounter the whole, uh, the whole theme of the law and the value of the law. And at first glance it seems it goes back and forth. And sometimes there's a praising of the law and, and how the law should be fulfilled and how the law is great and then you hear the opposite a lot of times. Oh the law is a law of death and how I've come to undo the law and the law of the past does not apply anymore and to create a new law. So it seems we're hearing almost a story out of the both sides of the mouth. On one side, the law is good, and the other side, the law is bad. Well, which one is it? It can't be both. And so, one thing that's important to look at here is exactly what law are we talking about. And many times we hear the law, and we have to put it into the context, you Well, know, there are different types of law. And we can argue that there's, obviously, there's a natural law that we see in the world that's reflected in nature, and and in, in, in the laws of physics and whatnot and biology. There's also a divine law, the law that comes from God himself, most excellently found in the 10 Commandments, and all that can be derived from there. So the divine law also reflects not only God's, uh, God's uh, will, but also is reflected in a morality, which is reflective of God's will and his plan in the world. There's also a human law or positive law that, well, humans make. And of all these, this is the least perfect of them. Why, because this one can change often, and it has to change, because the author of those laws, us, well, we're not perfect. And so human law sometimes does come short. When it comes short and when it's not applied correctly or even if it's been misconstrued, well, well, it comes short of the object of justice. When it does get close to that justice, when it does reflect the truth and when it does bring us closer to what it, it is intended to, then we see it resembles a lot of time either that natural law or the divine law and then we, we know we have something good. It's something worth defending. And so we have to ask ourselves when we hear a lot of times this criticism or the praise of law, which law are we talking about? And we hear in the first reading Moses speaking about the statutes and decrees which I'm tre- teaching you to observe, the Mosaic law, or the law, <laughs> the life of Israel. These were the first laws, or that implementation of the 10 laws, the Decalogue, those, the, those 10 laws, the 10 commandments, and how to live. Those, that way of living and what the 10 commandments represent is the divine will, the will of God. It is a divine law which can never be changed Because God doesn't change his mind, which must be observed. And this is what we hear Jesus replying in here. He hasn't come to abolish these Ten Commandments. He hasn't come to abolish or change the divine law, no. He himself being the Lord, I guess you can say in every right he could. But he, on the contrary, has come to fulfill it, to show us what the law can do, what this law, this divine law, can bring us to which is the God himself, there is the value of the law. We live in what's sometimes called an antinomian time, a time when we don't really care too much for the law. The law that's full of loopholes, that we make exceptions for, or we just completely ignore. Sometimes the laws that are passed now don't even get close to fulfilling that divine, that divine attribute or that divine, that lofty uh, uh, goal Uh, that the law has and so these are the laws that deservedly receive critique and criticism Jesus tells us that those who breaks any of these commandments and what we're talking about really are the Ten Commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven and those who teaches those to obey those commandments will be the greatest in their And so we look at ourselves and how much we uphold the divine law or we uphold the laws that are worth upholding or how much fuss do we make about those laws that aren't worth holding on, those human laws that fall short of the ideal. Related to the question of law is the obscure saint that's remembered today, Santo Toribio, because he himself was a lawyer. He was a member of the Inquisition. He was in Salamanca. He was named bishop to go to Peru, one of the first archdioceses, we can say, in uh, in the New World. And uh, he is known for trying to implement that law, that church law, in this New World. Many people have heard of the Council of Trent that was going on. It had finished just about the time he became bishop. And so one of his first jobs as bishop, and he undertook himself, was to implement the Council of Trent in the New World, in this New in this newly discovered uh, uh, continent in South America. Being that Lima was the seat of the viceroyalty, he gets sent there and he becomes essentially archbishop of all of Latin America uh, at that time. And he convokes the first, one of the first uh, councils in America, because the, the Council of Lima, and there were three of them. The third one, though, seems to be the most important one he was the one who presided at that one and out of it came the implementation of trent in america the first implementation out of it came one of the first and early catechisms ever made in america and the first catechism that was made in quechua part of that implementation was to make this available to everybody and so the outcomes of that little known council of lima was to produce a first catechism for the people that were there for the inca and also in a Spanish translation of the catechism that came out of Trent as well. He went to teach others how to fulfill the law. And so Santo Toribio is recognized today. Like I said, many times people will look at the name and not have an idea who he is. He is a bigger deal on this side of the world, and a bigger deal especially in our history of our church in America. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit.